time to screw the norms. To fit in, we often hide what's on our minds, who we really are, or who we want to be, or even what we want to do. But now you're having the right conversations. Here, we'll talk about sex, relationships, and mental health, and how they interact with each other and so many other aspects of life. Shame can't survive when we're honest and curious with each other and ourselves. It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Right Conversations. It's so funny. I had someone uh, a couple days ago be like, I had to name my podcast something else because I didn't have a cool last name to make a podcast title with. And I was like, yeah, when I changed my last name to write when I got married, I was not like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have a podcast called The Right Conversation. It was really funny chat. Anyway, I digress. Today, we are having a conversation about being a multi-hyphenate. And we're going to talk about what that even means because that word gets tossed around a lot these days. Um, And I'm so excited to have my favorite multi-hyphenate on the show to talk about it. My friend, my person who photographs me the best, the one and only Michael Kushner. Welcome. Oh, oh, I love you. What what great words. I love it. (laughs) I love you too. Will you tell everybody listening who you are, what you do, what lights you up? Yeah. Um, uh, anything Titanic definitely lights me up. Um, let's start there. Titanic, um, Disney, but not in a Disney adult way. Like I'm not, and, and no shame if you're a Disney adult. Well, I'm starting off by alienating a lot of people. I'm really sorry. Um, no, I, I'm not. It's not that I don't love and support Disney adults. I grew up going to Disney. So like I have this really interesting relationship with Disney where it's like um, it it sometimes feel like you're like revisiting home and you're like, oh, God, that's my childhood bedroom. And it looks this. Yeah, anyway, we can talk about that later. Um, <laughs> again, and I yes, before anyone asks, I am in therapy. So um <laughs> Uh, a multi hyphenate is. Um, Wait, tell people what you do, what you do, what you do. Right, first. I'm an I'm yeah. an actor, photographer, producer, writer, podcaster, educator. So I do a lot of shit. And uh, I what I what I like to say is that I'm a multi hyphenate. And you're right, Rachel. That word, what word does go? So what does it mean to you? What is a what is a multi hyphenate to you? Oh shit! Now I'm being interviewed. Okay, cool. Um, that's how I. I, I mean, that's how I like. I know. I, no, I love I you. This people. is great. This is, <laughs> you know, a conversation. This is an actual conversation. Um, a multi hyphenate to me is a creative person who has many different titles and roles, um, and ways that they like to express that creativity. Whether they are paid for all of those ways or not doesn't really matter. Um, but someone who has their hands in a lot of different pots, um, but more specifically creatively, I think is how I would use it. Yeah. You know, I, I teach theater business at NYU with Tish, with the Tish kids and at Strasburg. And, um, that's basically what it is. There's just one yes. thing that I often find missing from like the, that's really important with the definition is that all of those like hyphens, those talents, those proficiencies, they have to cross pollinate with each other. 
They all have to have, they all should affect each other. So like my photography helps my producing helps my, and my producing helps my acting, my acting helps my podcast, my podcasting helps my act, you know, it has to all sort of touch and cross pollinate. And because then if they don't, I think what happens is we sort of get this like weird, like, um, uh, uh, we get confused with our hobbies and our passions. And then we're like, well, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sister. I'm a uh, dog walker. I'm a uh, crafter. I'm a um, uh, social media. And like, well, what's so funny about that, Rachel, is like you saying like you don't have to get paid for it. And it's like I agree with that to an extent. Like you, I think you should always get paid for it, but it doesn't necessarily need to be monetarily. You could like justify yes. it, right? It's, yeah. I think multi-hyphenating is also very inherently Jewish because there are four questions to ask yourself when like asking yourself if you're a multi-hyphenate, like figuring out if you have, if a hyphen, a proficiency, a talent of yours, like I said, actor, photographer, producer, writer, podcaster, educator, like how do you, like, how do you identify as that? So like, let's mm-hmm. talk about these four questions. Like, what do you think when you're like, Am I an actor? Am I a sex therapist? Am I a podcaster? Like, what are the, what are four things that you think you should have checked off to like, make sure like you identify that in a professional setting? Mm, Do I do it most days than not? I would put that under the court, the the category. Good. The court, the court, the court, I would put that under like a bigger category. So like okay. you said, you said the first thing, right? Do I get paid for it? Yeah. And like monetary, sure. But like, what if you're a student? Like mm-hmm. you get paid in grades and right. um, in, you know, assignments and in, in learning and in, in education, you, you you get paid, you get a, you, you get a, um, you get there's something an exchange. out of it. And there's an exchange, of course. So like, yeah. Do you get paid for it? Okay. Um, Mm, what's something what, what's something really important like you have like number one you have to like you just have to have it when you start something new you just like like i mean mentally like it Passion? doesn't yeah like it doesn't bring you joy yeah like it has to bring you joy because then why would you invest in it especially right. if it's especially if it becomes like a small business right because you you know well enough the steps it takes to make a small business happen. Mm-hmm. So if it's not bringing you joy, why are you incorporating? Why are you uh, uh, advertising? Why are you investing on social media? Why are you spending all this time? If it's not even bringing you joy, like, it has to bring you joy. Right, right, right. You know? I was once told when I was uh, in my like late teens, early 20s, and I was deciding between a career in theater and a career as a therapist, I was once told that if I could imagine myself doing anything else besides theater to do the other thing. And I am really grateful for that person who said that Mm -hmm. because it really helped guide me to this ultimate decision of like, yes, doing theater and theater in general attending theater, being a part of it, whatever, does bring me so much joy. But I could get that joy not doing it for my income. Mm. And I couldn't be a therapist, which also brought me tons of joy, without going to school for it and doing that 
as my job. And right. it was such a pivotal thing where I was like, yeah, they both bring me joy, but like, could I do one in a different way? And I think you do a really great job of combining the two, especially recently, because so many of your 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 world is with theater artists. You, yeah. the way I actually describe you is like, do you know Rachel Wright? And like, either people will be like, oh, I've heard of her, or like, no, or like, if I'm introducing you, if I'm introducing them to you, and I'll be like, she is a a sex therapist that special that like really connects deeply. A lot of her audience happens to be like theater makers. <laughs> and I feel like that is an incredible way of like we as actors, like we in the industry, um, I feel like we're supposed to be sexless. Ooh, say more. Um, also, I'm just going to say the other two things just, mm, just mm-hmm. because my OCD um, is uh, do you have a no, paper trail? Like, like, can I Google you? And uh, just because I'm not going to forget it, the whole episode is going to bother me and I can't focus on what we're talking about. Um, can I, like, do you have a paper trail? Can I Google you being like, oh yeah, Michael Kushner is a producer. Oh yeah, Rachel Wright is, a, you know, a sex therapist and a podcaster, like, you know. And then um, uh, the fourth one is, does it cross-pollinate? Like, does the, like, does my acting help this and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so does it cross-pollinate? Is there payment slash, slash exchange? Yep. Does it bring you joy? Mm-hmm. And is there a paper trail? Yep. Those are the four things. I think. love that. I know. Which, and then when you check that, you're literally like, oh, wait. Yeah. I think I can navigate the world like identifying as that because, yeah, I do get paid for it. It does bring me joy. It helps all my other hyphens. And uh, if you Google me, it's there. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's Michael. That's super tactical. Thank you for that. Of course. And I like, and again, we were talking before this, like when it comes to spirituality, it's like, yeah. I love like spirituality, but I also love like concrete, um, not evidence because that doesn't keep you as open, but like, I like talking about it. I go, well, it could mean this. And what about this? What I like being able to sort of justify certain things and, yeah. um, like framework and logic combined with the fact that some things can't be logical. Right, exactly. Or or bigger than us. Like that's yes. okay. Yeah. Like yeah. it's okay to come to the conclusion that like there's a spirit in this space and like it's something bigger than us that we don't know. But I like coming to that conclusion. Yes. I don't like, you know what I mean? Yeah, um totally. Okay. So sex sexless actors. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. So I think like there's, you know, and it's it's kind of it kind of bleeds into being a multi-infinite. Like how in the 60s, 70s, 80s, when actors were studying for to be actors, it was looked down upon to be anything else other than an actor. Like you were, you were not encouraged. You were demanded to eat, sleep, breathe the craft of performance. Yet not everyone did that, right? Mel Brooks, Whoopi Goldberg, um, uh, I'm trying to think of old school multi units Um, you know, she's not that old school, but Rosie O'Donnell, um, yeah, uh, Harvey Firestein, um, uh, so so many, so many people, right? Um, also become multi-hyphenates when they reach a certain um celebrity. And that was the the original before I made the um definition of a multi-hyphenate is an artist who has multiple proficiencies which cross-pollinate to help flourish professional capabilities. Mm-hmm. I looked up and I saw one definition that was like 
an artist that, uh, no, it was a celebrity who does multiple things. And I was like, why does it have to be a celebrity? Like, why can't it be someone that starts out as a multi-hyphenate and offers all of their gifts and passions? Yeah. Um, why does it have to be a celebrity? And, you know, in that 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, actor studio, Sandy Meisner thing, like, if you're anything else, you're not an actor. If you can think of doing anything else, then do it. That sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. It, it squashed a lot of um, creative impulse, I think. And um, and the and the ideas that you can exist as multi, we do that as humans anyway. We exist as many things all at once. But I think with that mentality of you have to be an actor, it was also like you are constantly under the spotlight. You are constantly setting an example. And so therefore I feel that you either were, um, you couldn't be like humanely sexual. You were either like objectified or mm. pure. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there, was, there wasn't like, oh, these are functioning human beings that like, that like have a sex life it's like it's 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 it and it's okay like it's oh it's okay i don't know as long as everything is like every as long as everything is consensual and everything is you know is is um is laid out on the table and (laughs) whatever we're all humans like we have we have sex lives we fall in love we we lust just because we're storytellers doesn't necessarily mean we can't like you know have fun and be connected with that humanity and that's what i love about you so much is that you give space for creatives to find that part of themselves and i just think you're brilliant for doing that thank you i appreciate that i are there any themes that you see in working with so many whether it's multi-hyphenates or actors or like any anyone um, in in this space, that any themes around sex and sexuality? I think that's really interesting. When I talk about sexuality and sex in the studio, I'm like, I'm like very, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I try to be really careful about what I do about like, so if if I feel like a look has to engage with more of a sexuality, I try not to use any words that objectify anyone, that make anyone feel uncomfortable. I try to make sure that what I'm talking about is an energy as opposed to a physical thing. So you can flirt with a cheese sandwich. I do. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if I see a good sandwich that looks damn good, I will. I, the way that I'll talk about it, the way that I'll... I'll flirt with it. I'll look at it. I'll Instagram it. You know what I mean? And that has nothing to do with sex. It's just like a flirtation. It's a passion. And so I want to make sure that like, if you don't have a relationship with sex, that you can still um, call upon it in a way that's safe for you. Does that make sense? Is that horrible to say? No, I don't think at all. I don't think at all. Like, cause like everyone has different relationships with sex and there's some clients that come in and they're like, they want like a shirtless photo or they want a more sexy photo. And I, you know, establish those boundaries of like, please change in the bathroom, come out when you're ready. Um, I'll step out as you prepare. If you need anything, like 
I really try to make sure that I create that that safe environment while like gassing you up and being like gorgeous. Absolutely. I love that, but not overstepping a boundary in any way. You know what I mean? Well, I think that you bring up a really good point, which is like, you can tell someone you're gorgeous. Yes. Sexy. Yes. Lean in without being like, I want to have sex with you right now. And I'm so petrified of that happening, like petrified, like the confusion of those things. That what I notice is sometimes I step back so much and I might read as uncomfortable because I'm like all about safe space, but Mm. yet the actor might need like that gassing up. It's really interesting and it's all about communication just as anything is. Yeah. The honeypot is more than the products in your bathroom cabinet. It's embracing that time of the month. It's staying balanced through the ups and downs, good sex and bad sex. It's exploring, it's learning, it's plant-derived. Powered by herbs and science, the first complete personal care system to get you what you need when you need it. Check out The Honeypot at Target, Walmart, Walgreens, and on thehoneypot.co. You can enter code RACHEL20, that's R-A-C-H-E-L-2-0, for 20% off your first Honeypot order on thehoneypot.co. Are there things that people can do to, because I'm, I'm sure I know that you're not alone in the fear of like overstepping or mm-hmm. creating discomfort. Is there anything that the person on the other side of that dynamic can do to help create more comfort around the gassing up? I think it's like a communication of like, these are words that, you know, help me connect with, with this. Like I, you know, like, um, I think music, letting music happen, like creating a playlist that excites you, that gets you, that gets you feeling confident is really helpful. But also that communication of like, I'm here to play, like let's, how in however way, like let's, let's improv a scene together. Let's um, just literally tell me like, just like, like tell me I'm looking gorgeous or whatever those words are, I think is really, important because like uh communication and and conversation in photo shoot is in photo shoots is really um important and i don't necessarily and how i connect with actors is through headshot and portraiture um i get clients i get potential clients that email and asking if i've ever done nude shoots or if i've ever done suggestive Mm. shoots like that and i say no because i'm not um, I don't have experience there. I'm not trained there. I, I don't also necessarily know if I'm comfortable myself because like yeah. you're, you're in my apartment, you're in my home. I photograph right. in my home. And, uh, that's why also, I also, one of my biggest, the reasons why I have hair and makeup mandatory is that I always have someone with me in my space that I trust because I'm inviting a lot of people into my space that I don't know. Most of my clients, I don't know. So having someone in my space with me that I trust is um, really important. What does it take for you to trust someone in your space? Um, haha. Well, <laughs> on a like a on a human level, the way that you talk about your art the way that you talk about the industry and the art um, 
and the energy you're bringing. So like my makeup artists I've worked with for years, right? And we all sort of have the same ideology and energies and we've done dinner parties together, which I love and they get to meet with each other and they were all at my wedding and, you know, it, it was, it's just really nice to have. Yeah. They're, they're not best friends, but they can connect and, and, yep. um, and then w- when we're, we have our own relationships and I love that and we have our own experiences and our own hangout times and whatever. But when it comes to a client, I take the industry really seriously and I have a respect for this industry that I think a lot of people forget about that, like, you know, how this industry has been extremely helpful to the world and positive to the world, but also how it needs to change and how um, there's a lot of archaic things about the industry. But I think we have to, um, I think we have to acknowledge it and people come into the industry not acknowledging it at all. And um, it's sort of like, you know, a religious space. You don't have to be religious, but I think acknowledge, like, being respectful of where you are anywhere in the world is really important. Knowing what has happened before that came before you, paying homage to that, I think is really, really important. Theatrical spaces are, are that to me. That's, you know, my, those are my temples. Those are, you know, going to the St. James theater and that's the same space where Carol Channing did hello Dolly. You know what I mean? And, um, and, uh, and that's that's amazing. So I, I like to do that when I go into spaces. And the studio is the sort of same thing for me. It's like I provide a lot of information for you, my client, before you come into the space. And if you did not fill out my questionnaire, which is like a specially curated questionnaire regarding headshots and and um, and auditions in the industry, if you don't do that, if you come in and say I don't know, if you don't, if you ignore my 12 page welcome packet, all yeah. the stuff that I post on social media, then I go, oh, you're not interested in doing the work. You're not interested in doing the work. And there is work that comes into this. You have to do that work like you do a scene, like you aud- prepare for an audition, like you prepare for an opening night and drop it at the door, know what you're going, drop it and have fun and be willing to listen. And um, I think that happens a lot is when not 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 actually no it doesn't happen a lot i think what happens sometimes is that some people will just think a headshot is just a photo but it's not i always say the headshot is not does not belong on your mom's fridge so you it has sometimes they're weirder sometimes they're there's a little more tension a little whatever and it's not it's not a school photo and i say you know, when you are looking for these pictures, like don't include your family in looking at the like final 10 photos, because they're going to think about which belongs on their fridge or which belongs on the mantle. And it doesn't, they don't belong there. They belong on the casting director's desk and computer. So there's a lot of little tiny things that I'm like, I don't know. I, just the way that you talk about the industry and yourself in the industry and the work that you've done, that's what garners my my um my respect that's that's what happens when when you're ready to do the work i love that okay i have two more questions for you and then we can wrap up okay can you tell me about some like one or two of your most favorite shoots whether that's in studio or backstage or at an event like 
just one or two that really stick out to you as like, wow, that was incredible. And what made them incredible? I have multiple clients in the studio that will we'll categorize this as one where when my client comes like fully prepared and ready to play, that's the best. It's the best. It's magic. My lights even look different. It's really strange. Um, and, and my makeup artist attests to this, like when a client is like ready, something about the lighting changes the way that it reflects. It's very energetically. It's really, it's really interesting. And, um, the, that's always the best when a client comes in ready to play, ready to work. And it's like, like when Nancy Opal and legends like Nancy Opal and Anne Harada come in, right. They know who they are so beautifully in relationship to the industry that photographing them, they walk in front of the lens. I take a picture of them and they go, let me see it. And I'll show it to them. Be like, I got a, that's it. I don't need anything else because they walk in front of the lens and they do their face. And they're like, yeah, that's me. Cool. All right. I'm done. And I'm like, well, well, um, can we do more? And they're like, I don't really need to. And it's like, that's always so fun when they're like, I see myself that's successful. That'll I'll work with that. Perfect. And then it's done. Um, but I'd say like a backstage photo shoot, like of the dressing room project or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say my Julie Andrews is probably the number one. It was, you know, I have a Mary Poppins tattoo and getting to meet her and photograph her and spend time How with her. How surreal was that? Yeah, that was spiritual. I felt my grandma with me, my grandma, Penny, who um, introduced me to theater. And, and my first show was Mary Poppins. And she taught me stage right from stage left in front of the VHS. And yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like yeah. in front of the VHS yep. playing and how many umbrellas did I break? And I Aww. wore my, you know, my grandpa's shirts, the, the, his big shirts that hit the floor on me because I was, yep. you know, four years old and uh, big floppy hats. I'd where and you know so that were was you really able spiritual. to share any of that with julie i did but i also didn't want it to be like you know how many times has she heard you know you're the, you're the reason yeah. for everything i think i yeah. kept it really simple because i didn't want to it's not I what it was about it's not what it was about i got the photo and i said uh you know you really just mean so much to me i think i said you really just mean so much to me and and the rest of the world and being with you feels, um, I think I said being with you is helping me connect with, with family members that I lost or something. It was something spiritual. And I was like, I know you, you, you have so much to do today. So, you know, thanks for taking the time with me. It was literally like, I ended it. I wasn't like, and tell me, I was like, this is how you make me feel. Enjoy your day. Like, I know you have so much else to do. And I just sort of left it like that because like, I, I, I can't speak for her. I hope that she loves hearing those things, but I share her with a lot of people. She's not just for me. You know, she's everyone's grandma. She's everyone's nanny. She's everyone's, you know, Julie, you got to let us know. Let us know. Exactly. So I sort of just let her go. Right. Thank you so much. Have a good day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, she's so wonderful. She's so wonderful. I more like steal the people that are like, that have like a, a certain career where I'm like, all right, you got to tell me now. Yeah. You know what I mean? That aren't a list celebrities that I'm literally like, all right, you were there for this. Now you saw it from this perspective. Tell me more. Those are the yeah. people where I'm like, can we get coffee and talk? You know, but Julie yeah. is 
Julie's yeah, Julie's not going to Starbucks on Saturday. Right. You to, never know. To dish about her time on set with Christopher Plummer. We'll get tea. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Although that would be a tea I would love to go. Just like, how did you stare at that man and not fuck him every day? Right. Right. And I guess, right. It's um, commu- Captain Von Trapp was like my first, like, now that I have language for it, it was definitely my first, like, daddy crush. You know, yeah. like, oh. Yeah, definitely. Man, um, that whistle, I was like, something about this. I know it's supposed to be bad, but something about this is really and that, hot. that little glint in his eye. I, I'm yep. trying to think of like my first dad that I was like, oh God. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was more like when I was young, I was like Jonathan Taylor Thomas obsessed. And, oh, um, well, yeah. And like Jeremy Miller from The Growing Pains, he played, um, he played Ben, the blonde middle, the, the middle brother. The young- wasn't he the youngest? Middle. Middle, because Chrissy Seaver, Chrissy was the youngest. Oh, yes, it yes, was, yes, yes. It was, yeah. it was the, you know. It was the, Kirk it, Cameron. Kirk Cameron. Then, then, um, oh, got Tracy Gold. Then Jeremy Miller. And then Chrissy Seaver, who yeah. is uh, now, she plays the, she's the mom on uh, The Last of Us. Yeah, it was wild. Wild. Yeah, I know, I know. It's yeah, tough. dad, dad crush it. It's, I remember like getting to a certain age where I was like, oh, I thought that he was so hot even when I was young and didn't think people were hot yet. Like, so interesting. I'm really trying to think of my first dad crush. I'll let you know because I feel like. Yeah, follow up I, on this. I mean, I feel like it's got to be Cal Hockley from Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I loved that hair. That middle part, the 19, you know, turn of the century sort of middle part. Hot. Oh, so hot. So hot. Okay. Uh, Final question for you. For anyone listening who um, either identifies as a multi-hyphenate, wants to, um, what is your advice to them? Oh, I would say try everything. Try it all and see what you really like because then... That's what it starts with passion, right? It starts with joy. So like try new stuff and then it's up to you to justify it. Like I just wanted to, with multi-hyphenating, like you were saying in the beginning, the word is thrown around a lot. And I think the misconception is that it's someone that has lots of talents, right? Multi-hyphenating is different than multi-talented, multifaceted, and multitasking. Like it just is because multi-hyphenates, you don't multitask. It's not about doing 8 million things at once. It's about establishing a very specific workflow um, and getting that done throughout the day. It's multifaceted, sure, but multifaceted, you just have a lot, and multi-talented, you just have a lot of talents. Like, I'm a great painter and drawer. I don't get paid for it. I don't do it professionally. It doesn't cross-pollinate. I mean, it's a skill that can help me with other things, but I'm not, a prof- I, it's not a profession of mine. I don't, it's not, doesn't bring me enough joy to like do it as its own job, like, you know? So, but multi-hyphenating is different in that respect where all of your hyphens, your talents, they cross-pollinate and you have those four questions to ask yourself. Um so I think understanding actually what a multi-hyphenate is, is also really helpful and understanding that like, it's not about you like being a content creator, like anyone can make videos and stuff, but like 
what do you do? It's like what Bianca Del Rio asks Trinity K. Bonet in season six of Drag Race. What do you do successfully? Because every mm. things that we love to do, we don't always do successfully. We don't do on a level of professionalism. And that's okay. You don't have to be amazing at everything. But multi-hyphenating helps you understand what you are really good at so that you can cut the fat and have a career that is wholeheartedly yours. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Michael, I love you so much. Love you. We will put all of uh, your info and bio and links and shit in the show notes. Um, but for anybody who is auditory or doesn't know how to access the show notes, um, where can people find you? Oh, I'm on Instagram at the Michael Kushner or TikTok at the Michael Kushner. And also my podcast, Dear Multi-Infinite. Um, there are new episodes every two weeks. And I have um, wonderful people on those on that podcast, such as Carol Burnett, Rachel Brosnahan, Carson Kressley, um, Judy Gold, um, and some exciting people coming up as well. And my book, How to Be a Multi-Ivinate in the Theater Business, is out now. It's on shelves, like at the Drama Bookshop, but also available on Amazon and online at Barnes & Noble. And yeah, like just drop me a message on Instagram and TikTok and like, say hi and come to the studio photograph headshots with me let's do it let's get you into rooms yes i love it i love you thank you thank you thank you love you thanks babe that's all for today you sexy folks what questions came to mind as you were listening continue the conversation with me over on instagram at the right underscore rachel and don't forget please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together 